Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Common Thread Collective here on MutinyRadio.fm, San Francisco, worldwide. I'm Global Val, and uh, it is Friday, July 29th. And on the phone, we've got our far-out, far-flung correspondent, Diamond Dave Whitaker, calling in from a train. Hello, Diamond Dave. Are we? Is our connection hey, all right? Hey, Val. Hey, world. Hey, all you folks. I think it is. Is it? Yep, I hear you. I hear you. That's a good first step, and uh, it's a good first step. In fact, that's what we're about. And it is true. I'm on a train. I'm on the Empire Builder. Get that. If that's not a name that goes all the way back, it must uh, <laughs> be a train first going west and then. Is it what's this train's going on? Or the Empire Builders? Where person, Very telling. And it's still the Empire Builder. But I'm in Wisconsin. It looks beautiful here, surrounded by these cornfields and farmland and green, green, green. And I'm coming from uh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia uh, uh, where I spent last night. I was in front of the world. It was the Wells Fargo Convention Center where the convention was being held. High security, you couldn't go anywhere near the there were walls. But just on the other end, and fences and barbed wire and cops of every description and helicopters going overhead. But we were in, by we, I mean the, uh, uh, the, I could show, say it, the burning youth and others, uh, and others were there, uh, and the Rainbow family in the name of uh, the Shining Light uh, Kitchen were feeding the people. Yeah. We got our kitchen equipment through. Through some underbrush and made it there. They didn't even notice we were there because they were at the front lines and we were uh, back of the. Uh, that was FDR Park. FDR, of course, Franklin Delano Roosevelt Park. So, what you want to make of it, uh, the convention, uh, having elected Hillary and all that, was in the Wells Fargo Convention Center. And we were out in across the road, across the fence, across the barricades, in the Franklin Delano Roosevelt Park, and it was a and it was a, a warm night. It was a beautiful night. It was a night where people could be drumming. They were a night where people could be talking. They were. So, so Dave. Um when we talked to you last week, you were outside of Philadelphia scouting for a place, hoping for FDR Park. So did the Shining Light Kitchen and Bus, were you able to set up an FDR Park uh, throughout the week, or was it just um, here and there? Oh, maybe I lost Dave. Hello. Oh, phone call dropped. Oh, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Uh, give us a call back, Dave. Um I really want to know the answer to that question. Anyhow, you're listening to MutinyRadio.fm. We're here in San Francisco. Um, and if, if you haven't been listening, uh, Diamond Dave has uh, been on the road on a summer cross-country tour for the past couple of months, really. Um, he was up in Montana, and then he went out to uh, Minnesota, where he was honored in his uh, hometown, uh, and in Dinkytown, which is a, an area in Minneapolis, a kind of a bohemian enclave, as, as we might call it, um, where, where Dave used to hang out and kind of got his little kind of hippie start over there, um, hanging out with a young Bobby Zimmerman 
uh, Bob Dylan. Uh, and um, so he was in Minnesota and then went out, of course, as he is an elder in the Rainbow family, uh, to the Green Mountains of Vermont for the Rainbow family gathering, which happens every year right around the 4th of July. And, of course, he, he never stops, right? He's out there every year at the Rainbow Gathering hosting an open mic as he does here with us every Friday at Mutiny Radio. And uh, so Diamond Dave will be back in San Francisco for next week's show. So next Friday, I believe, is August 5th. And so um, please do come on by. Uh, We are your hosts um, here at Mutiny Radio 21st and Florida, right at the corner, a little storefront here. And um, if you want, if you've got music, poetry, activism, stories to tell, um, we're here for you. And I actually think Dave is calling back. Let's see. Right, we got Diamond Dave back on the line. So, Dave, I had a question for you before we got cut off. Please go ahead. Okay, so last week when we spoke to you and 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 the Shining Light bus, uh, you guys, you all were scouting for places inside the city of Philadelphia for a place to set up with food, not bombs. Um, and I know you were looking at FDR Park, and it sounds like you ended up in, in FDR Park. Were you there throughout the whole week, or um, what, no, we what was the arrangement? Well, no, we came uh, really the last day. Uh, it was the last day, which was uh, yesterday, was the time in which we managed to, uh, in which we did it, in which we did set up. Food out bombs had been setting up, having bag lunches, and been able to feed there for some of the, for some of the other days, and then totally independently, another group of uh, things were springing forth. Another group uh, got together a, uh, a kitchen, a camp, uh, uh, and we're doing it uh, right in FDR Park. Or, Various, uh, various people were, uh, were just stepping forward to feed the people. So, is it, so you guys, you all were in the city daily, um, but not actually camped out. Is that, is that right? Well, no, FDM Park, uh, it turned out, was, we couldn't bring buses. No, we couldn't have a bus in. Yeah. You, uh, you had to keep a fairly low profile, but people began to look around and see what what could be done. And uh, they were like... Uh, People are responsible for bringing lots of water in and taking care of that. People are bringing, bringing the water in for people. There was uh, the, 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 the powers that be began to loosen up as they saw that we were peaceful. Began to loosen up, and as they could see, it was an intelligent thing to do to step back and let people take care of the situation themselves. The kind of like a rainbow gathering or like any situation down through history, I'm sure. Where people get together and uh, said, said uh, let's uh, see what we can do about the situation. Do you hear me? I do. I do. And I, th- I think that's a natural inclination of people coming together, of doing more together than they can do on, our, on their own. And I think uh, we're seeing a time with this where people are beginning to realize this. I think with the Bernie campaign, uh, Bernie, as I said before on this show, he came, he did what he had to do. Now it's starting. Now he's stepping back. Uh, his woman, uh, Jill, uh, 
from the Green Party certainly is stepping in in big time. She hopes to get a lot of the Bernie vote, you know? Yeah, and I, I believe the Green Party convention is coming up next week. I, I don't have the dates on that exactly, but I'm pretty sure it was kind of boom, boom, boom with uh, the Republicans, the D- Democrats, and the Green Party. So uh, we'll see what happens at the Green Convention. Yeah, well, she was certainly there. She was certainly, uh, she was certainly visible by her presence. Yeah, I heard her um, speak. I heard her um, from Philadelphia. She was out there. Um, the KPFA here in 94.1 Berkeley they were uh, and K- and their sister station in LA KPFK they were out there um, they they were in uh, Cleveland for the RNC they were in Philadelphia for the DNC and they're going to the green convention as well um, to cover that and they did play um, at least part of Jill Stein's uh, speech that she was giving there in Philadelphia um, so what was the Dave how what was the air like I mean I know it was and I'm not talking about like the the humidity or the, <laughs> I mean, it was such a, it, it sounds like it was such a contentious week from the beginning because we had people out there who were still hoping to get delegates um, to vote for Bernie so that he could become the, the nominee. Um, and then he, he gave that, uh, he gave a pretty amazing speech at the convention. I believe it was the second night um, where uh, he did thank the delegates and looked forward to their vote, but also was putting his support behind Hillary Clinton because together they had sat down to create and work on the Democratic Party platform. So we saw a lot of uh, of of the Bernie camp get represented by the Hillary camp later on. Um, but what was the what was the feeling out there on the streets of Philadelphia? Well, I. I can't... Well, it seemed to me that, uh, it seemed to me that, uh, well, I met, all, uh, I met a number of Bernie delegates who, who came out. There was a walkout, uh, there was a walkout, uh, uh, Tuesday, you know, where some hundreds of Bernie's, a number of, how many, many started disputed, walked out, and they came down, they came out, and, uh, last night, they came, there were those who came out and joined us out there in the park. Now, they, uh, now I got several different, uh, 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 different advantage from them. Uh, we'll see how they emerge. They see how, how they emerge and how much they they, they plan to try to, to to stick together to find common ground and to reach out to the people who are out here. Uh, all of that is to be continued. My attitude is that we need a uh, that we need a uh, that we need to build a coalition from the bottom up. From the bottom up of people, you know? They didn't, uh, what do we call it on uh, the show several times? Uh, uh, collective autonomy. The idea that you get together at your grassroots and find one another. And I think the Bernie delegates, uh, that's what I was saying in my talk to them, go back to the town that you're representing. You were elected from those towns. Go back and connect with the local, local activists, local people. That's what I intend to do. And, and, uh, then reach out to other communities. I, uh, I talked a bit a lot about what the Common Thread Collective can do and about what people can do with local internet uh, radio, radio, what they're doing. And I found others, who are other people who are involved with doing that. I think there's going to be more and more of that. People in the, in the coming weeks will be calling in to this very show, letting us know what they're doing 
locally in their neighborhoods, in their towns, in their uh, in their uh, the places where they live. Uh, do you, am I still being heard? Uh, definitely, Dave. Um, and I, I like that, you know, and I like that about the Bernie campaign is that, you know, it's not the traditional, uh, it's all about me candidacy. Um, it's, it's about everybody and having inclusive government and encouraging more people to get involved. Um, and, uh, I, I think we're really going to see that. And one of the things that, you know, could potentially happen if people now start to focus on their um, the congressional elections uh, coming up is if we if if we were to get a democratic majority um, in the in the Senate then Bernie Sanders could theoretically be the uh, speaker of the house no that's the House of Representatives but the um, what, what is it what 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 is it in the Senate? The, it's like the Speaker of the House. That's the House of Representatives. But in the Senate, is is its own thing. I'm, it's, I'm exactly. blanking. Well, he's a, well, it's the head of the, the caucus. The majority uh, leader. Yeah. That's what it is. The majority leader. The head of the caucus. Elected by the caucus. If, in fact, there's a Democratic majority, if, in by chance, they elect Bernie Sanders, who's not a Democrat, who, by remember, who votes for the Democrat. He's never been a Democrat. He's a Democratic Socialist. Quite a different animal these uh, these days. Uh, Ron Dellums was uh, the only socialist in the in the Congress. Uh, he was in the Congress, uh, but that was some years ago, you know. But he was a member of the Democratic Socialist Alliance, mm-hmm. of which uh, Bernie Sanders also is, I believe. Hmm. So well, maybe all that all that uh, time will tell, and hopefully, in the show coming to. Common Thread Collective will be able to, among all the things we do, uh, among uh, what we do, will also be a voice of these uh, changes that are going to be occurring at the grassroots and also people from other towns. I've talked to many people, as you can imagine. As you know, I talk to people. Yes, you do. I talk to many people from very different places. Some of them are delegates who came here, with some of them are delegates, and invited them to come and call us on a Friday and to keep us up to date of what's happening so we could kind of be a, what would be a good word, a... Uh, it won't be a good word, but uh, of what we can do as far as having pe- people from other towns call us and let us know what they're doing, and we let them know what we're doing, and we can exchange ideas and exchange uh, tactics and strategies. And, uh, and, and, uh, right, it's a, it's, it's a common thread ne- network. Yeah, stay in touch. Using your common thread to, to, uh, to, uh, to weave a tapestry, to weave a tapestry, mine, weave a casting a spell. I feel like a diamond eyed sailor. I guess I get a sailor on a diamond eyed sea. Anyway, a tapestry of life. And so let's see if we can make that happen. I'm putting it out there, folks, listening to the listening out there. Let us know what you're doing, and let's share that stuff, because we're in this unusual and amazing position on the common thread, as the common thread collective. Hey, Val, I'll hear it in the radio to really uh, 
make a difference, not just blah, 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 or just play music, right. but actually be involved in social, cultural, political, and hopefully personal change. How's that, Val? That's right. And uh, I was just talking before this uh, show. I did a show in Women's Magazine, and my guest and I, we, we ended on on the topic of uh, personal change and envisioning and holding that vision of the world that you want and um, and working towards it and uh, seeing it materialize. So if people out there are listening to the show right now, having met Diamond Dave in Philadelphia or wherever you met him along the way in the past couple months here in San Francisco, uh, we're wel- welcoming you to come in or to call in um, sometime, some Friday. We're here Fridays from 3 till about quarter to 6. And uh, the phone number here at Mutiny Radio is 415-550-0511. That's 415-550-0511. And uh, we're here to take your calls on Fridays from 3 to 6. Um, and, of course, if you've gotten a, had a personal connection with Diamond Dave, get, you can get in touch with him, and uh, it'd be great to know if you're going to be giving us a call in. But we are pretty flexible, so uh, don't be shy. I'll text you both of you to the key to the My number is 415-240-0286. I'm calling on one right now. I'm here and looking out at the green fields of Wisconsin. I'm on my way to Lafarge, uh, 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 Lacrosse. And uh, Joe Stephen, the uh, CAO of Organic Valley, who's been a big help all along the way to people with those well. Organic Valley Co-op Family of Farms is going to pick me up and uh, take me to Lafarge, which is their homeland, the home of South Carolina. weekend with the some talking, some poetry, and I guess planting some seeds and. And that's Organic Valley Co-op Family Farms in Pledge, Wisconsin. That's where we'll be in a couple of hours. Very cool. Well, I know that you're going to be warmly welcomed uh, by the Organic Valley Farm family. And um, and uh, I'm just really excited to. I mean, we, it's it's been so great to have you call in and check in from your various locations uh, on your on your summer cross country tour. And uh, really looking forward to getting getting even more out of it when you're when you're back here in the studio here at Mutiny Radio next Friday, August fifth. Yeah, Dave, I'm I'm sorry. I'm it's coming in really, really choppy now. So I'm gonna say if you get a chance to call back in a little bit, that'd be best. Um, but I think wherever you may be on the Empire Builder line uh, heading west um, was a kind of a bad signal zone. So thank you, of course for doing what you're doing, calling in, and we'd be doing it here on the Common Thread Collective Mutiny Radio. And uh, we haven't yet played our theme song, which, of course, is Ooby Dooby, um, Diamond Dave's oldest eldest son, um, who actually plays here in the city, here in San Francisco, every Sunday night at a bar called Swig. Um, I think it's on Geary, um, but he plays in this, like, funk improv uh, crew, jam jam funk crew um every sunday night ooby dooby does uh and of course he sings our theme song which is 
everything is going to be all right. And you know what's going to be all right? It's going to be even better when I turn the sound back on on my computer. It's going to be even better. That's right. Everything's going to be all right. Thank you, Ubi Dooby, for reminding us, uh, staying, staying on track with, uh, with all that. Um, so Dave, thanks for, thanks for calling in and, uh, doing what you do. Our far out, far flung correspondent, Diamond Dave Whitaker. And I'm Global Val. I'm sitting here in the Mutiny Radio Studios, 21st in Florida, San Francisco's Mission District. And I'm joined by, uh, oh, how did Dan Brady introduce you the, the other night? The esteemed E.K. Keith. Oh, that is sweet. Poet, teacher, and, uh, librarian and general badass. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Val. That's a that's a pretty good uh, 
Yeah, that sounds cool. Thanks for making me sound cool. <laughs> <laughs> you are cool, EK. You Thanks, don't need dude. me to sound cool. You, you've got you've got quite the the cool voice as well. Thank you, but like in real life, I can be a little bit like kind of dorky. Oh well, that's that's all right. Okay, <laughs> that's good. Don't worry Glad. about that. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know what dorky is anymore. Really, I know it's it's really gotten. It's, you know, we just live in really complicated times. We do. It's kind of like, it's kind of like there's been like a big like spoon that's just kind of stirred everything up. You know, like I see people who, you know, they'll get jackets from the thrift store that like were really lame jackets that your mom wore in the eighties, you know? And you're like, I, that's still really not cool. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's true, but that really speaks to the beauty of youth, right? Like I, you put an ugly dress on a hot girl. And she's still pretty. And she's still hot. <laughs> <laughs> and she just looks like sort of funky and alternate girl, you know? That's true. And I definitely support that. Uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. I, I mean, those jackets are just so dorky, though. That's what I think of when I think. I of mean, it could be a feminist statement, you know, like this dress <laughs> is not for the male gaze, and yet I'm still hot. Ha ha! It's a win. <laughs> I'm not one to talk. I, I I I honestly don't know anything about fashion, and it's kind of funny because um, I find myself well in various situations, like like when I teach English, I teach English as a second language, and we'll get to the chapter about clothes and fashion, and you know I'm trying to give them the language to use, and sometimes they ask me questions, and I'm like, you know what, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, and then sometimes I'm like accidentally fashionable, um, and I don't know it. Uh, one time I was on a bus, I was riding the 20, the 22. Yeah. I love the 22 actually. That'll get you places. <laughs> it will get you places eventually. And, uh, so I was standing there on the 22 and I was just, you know, standing on the 22 and holding <laughs> on. And I could tell there were like these two young people towards the front of the bus, a boy, you know, a guy and a girl. And they were kind of looking at me and then talking to each other and looking at me and talking to each other. And I'm like, this is kind of weird. Like, I think those people are talking about me and I had no reason for like why they would be. Um, so I was just standing there. And so they eventually asked me, they said, um, Hey, um, sorry. So you, you, throw, you shop at thrift stores, don't you? And, <laughs> and I said, yes, I do. And they're like, Oh, we want to go like we're in town. And so I gave them a few recommendations. Like I'm like, okay, go to hate, go to, go to crossroads. Cause there's one over here. There's one over there. Like, you know, held over is kind of cool. If you want like funky, you know, like decades fashion, you know, like Buffalo exchange, like whatever. I just gave them a few tips and they're like, Oh, thanks so much. I'm well, sure. And then after I finished talking to them, I looked down at myself and I realized <laughs> that everything I was wearing, I had bought new. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so apparently I have this thrift store look. That edgy thrift store look without <laughs> the used clothing? Without the used clothing. I guess I just use it myself. <laughs> I Yes, I use my clothes also. <laughs> I like Thrift Town, too. Thrift Town is really cool. It is. And Out of the Closet's always fun. Yeah, Out of the Closet is awesome. That's a great store. I, I, yeah, accidentally fashionable. That's just one one little facet of, of my life so I don't I can't spend a lot of money on clothes <laughs> okay I want to tell you something funny okay this is like the only like conversation that I've had in like the past week that's not about national politics oh please although I did talk about Walt Whitman earlier today but that even actually was like in the context of 
all this crazy business. Do you feel a little abandoned by the left? <laughs> because I have some questions. Like, because I, you know, I guess I just don't know. I don't know all the rules. Yeah. But I do know some stuff about like rules in general. Yeah. Like with the Democratic National Convention. Like, isn't there a quorum that has to be present for like validity around like what votes and, and things are, are taken? And if you had, like, it seems like a lot of delegates have taken a walk. Like, hmm. do you see what I'm saying? Like, it's, I, I don't know. I don't get what all this, you know, because there are actually rules about these things. There just, are. I and had some questions in my mind about, like, do we have a quorum? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, there are so many I, mean, I know there's a lot of rules. questions to ask, but, like, really, <laughs> do we? Like, even by our own rules, like... I mean, a quorum is kind of like a, like a majority, like a small yeah, it's majority like a set number of like voting members that have to be present, present to take a vote. Right. And I'm pretty sure like there's something like that in operation here. Yeah. It's there's just that I don't know the details. And so I have questions, but I don't know. I don't have a smartphone, so I can't uh, actually look anything up right now. Yeah. And it's you good. told, you told me you accidentally <laughs> killed the internet at your house. I did kill the internet. <laughs> at my house and I and and even so like it's remarkable like I have gotten so much news even without the internet like I've been talking to people yeah people are talking people are talking apparently thank you for reminding people people are talking about it except you know my concern is that it's no matter what your political opinion is like it's still all preaching to the choir it's like there's this 30% of us and like this other 70% of the American electorate like needs to get involved. It's true. And, and I mean, and, and, and I'm, how do we find these people? <laughs> how do we find the people who want to have this conversation with us? And like, I mean, I think that we can figure something out here. Cause, cause I think, well, what you're saying, what you're talking about is like so many people, like the majority of Americans feel unrepresented by the two major political parties. Well, that's right. Right. And um, we've had this insane fracturing in, in both parties, like, now. You know, and, like, I mean, that's the thing. Like, the Republican convention, mm-hmm. let's not forget, was also insane. Oh. And what's really insane Wildly about so. it, well, part of what's insane is... I don't know the way I see it is essentially like politicians in the Republican Party like really kind of abandoning their constituents because they could have had an open primary and instead of doing that which would have been really the right thing to do they've decided to give us Trump (laughs) when so many of their own high profile members are so like obviously uncomfortable with this. Right. And I think it's very telling that the Republican party that does act in, it does have like group thought. Um, and 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 clearly so do the Democrats. I mean, look what's it's, this is, this is like crazy dude. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 as you know, the Republicans really had an opportunity to um, do something different. Yes. Um, but instead, they've decided, as they generally do, to get in line 
and support this candidate and you could just I don't tell know, it is different isn't it <laughs> you could just tell that it was there was so much reluctance you know like you could hear it in the crowds yeah, at the republican like, why? convention why yeah I, I guess I to support I, the, what looked like a democratic process because he was, he won the primaries in I all these states. I just don't. I don't know. They, I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. I'm just like, have have all of our leaders actually like just like gone a little bit like insane? Sure. You know. I think so. Maybe, you know what? Maybe it's the microwaves in D.C. You know how they jam all the phones and shit. <laughs> like, do you think? <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Do you think that like their brains have actually been fried from just like one too many ride and like DC rush hour traffic? Oh man. Oh my goodness. I, I don't you know. Ne- you like, never I'm know. I'm just trying to figure something out here. Well, you know, I, I, it's, it's interesting because there's so many people who, I mean, like, like you and I, and like people that we're talking to, the people who are giving you the news because you don't have the internet, you know, people who are having these conversations, people who are engaged in the, process you know uh, and and believe that people should vote um but also believe that we should have candidates that that we should like who we vote for you know i mean there's that but um you know i i think that at a local level sometimes you know people are getting involved in in politics because they're like i'm kind of driven to to do something in my community but then there's a lot of ladder climbers like people like there's been a lot of people and i'm not going to name names but a lot of people who have come to san francisco gotten themselves elected to to the council to councils um or committees to the board of supervisors school board school board and they use it as a stepping stone to the to the state uh, house and you know they'll they'll st- you know they'll stay in the job for like a couple of years and they're like I'm going up moving up moving up so you got a lot of ladder climbers but I think un- I think it's kind of like Jack and the Beanstalk you know it's like you're like wow magic beans you know I can climb this pole when I get up there there's this big scary giant in the room a, a cannibalistic giant that's gonna eat you and you're like crap these yeah. are not the magic beans I wanted right and you've got to like you got to like cater to and like swim through this muck of lobbyists and and you have to like have tons of money to run an election campaign so you're like well these people are gonna give me some money so i guess i'll be running for re-election dance with the one that brung you (laughs) right so i think i think once you (laughs) get up to that national level it just gets real ugly and it and it can't be fun and um no it can't be fun but you know what and here's the thing is that what our leaders owe us, regardless of their political affiliation, they they owe us as their constituents. Like they have a responsibility to us, you know. And that's true. And just like we all have a social responsibility, which is, you know, I think really in question right now. Like, and and that's actually part of my concern with with Mr. Trump is. It, it is a concern to me that like he's he's never had to like answer to any constituents even even that the ladder climbers have to do it's like you know what yeah. like if you're climbing the ladder there's going to be that moment in your political career where there's an old lady calling up your office about the potholes in front of her house right that is a, and that's an excellent point and it's something that i mean i've heard people kind of buzz about that but as a as a concrete example right of of someone who's never been never been 
in a campaign before has never tried to be elected to anything. Whereas you have, you know, these career, career politicians, which is also kind of leaves a little bit of a bad taste in your mouth. Um, but, but at the same time, these folks have gone through the process many, 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 many times. And Trump has never had to answer to anybody. Right. That's a concern. That is a concern because he also, you know, lauds himself. He's, I mean, one of the things from the Republican convention, he said, I alone can blah, 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 fill in the blanks. I alone? No, you can't alone. You, no. he, do you think, I mean, I'm sure, like, he went to high school in America. <laughs> like, didn't he have to <laughs> take, like, ago. U.S. government or civics or something? Like, surely he was aware of, like... How, the how, political process. How civics work. Yeah. yeah, but he feels above it because he's outside. Of, he's, he's operated most of his life outside of it. But, I mean, I, I mean, I can't even get into all his bullshit. I mean, it's just such a mess. It's so, he's, he's such, a, he's such a, a cold mess. That, and, you know, one of the things that Hillary was saying in her speech was, you know, a lot of people just laughed, at, laughed him off at first as an entertainer. Um, which I think a lot of people did. I'm like, oh my god, this isn't funny. It's if, not. It's this not funny. It's yeah. It's it's not funny. Mm-mm. <laughs> I I don't know. Like it. It's not funny. It's not funny. I don't like it, dude. <laughs> but one thing that I think is good that we can that uh, we're seeing kind of play out here, and actually it was. Uh, our friend uh, Jennifer, who uh, who mentioned this to me the other day, she's like, you know, because we were talking about this, it's just the horrendous rhetoric, you know, this witch hunt uh, that's been going on. My last week, this, on July 22nd, I did a actually kind of a fun, uh, lighthearted review of the Republican convention, um, peppered in with scenes from uh, the Witches of Eastwick, because it's a total witch hunt, you know, it's just like, she does this, and she does that, and yeah. la, 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 lock her up. I mean, some real, real bad, bad news uh, stuff. Um, but one of the things that... Some that, creepy that, anti-feminist shit. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big time. You know, blame the woman. Um, you know, it's like, you know what? She wasn't the only person in that room making decisions, um, which is not being talked about. But um, our, our, our friend said, she's like, you know, it's really ugly, all this stuff coming up, but I'm, I'm almost glad that it's coming to light. Because then you can do something about it. That's when you can see, like, all of this, you know, it's kind of like when, you know, like, if there's, like, a sewage backup or something, you know, it's like, at least you know you got to ha- do a plumbing job, you know? <laughs> I mean, the shit comes up to the surface, and you see you all the ugliness it. that's been you smell it. just, like, hanging out down there. And maybe you have to do something about it. Exactly, exactly. And so I think that the nation, I think... The majority of the people in this country see it, smell it, don't like it, and are, are trying to do things about it, big, no, big or small. I think small. this is only 30% of us. <laughs> well. I think there's 70% of us who are just like exiting the bathroom. You know? Yeah, there's a lot of that too. Like, there's a lot like, of that too. It's just like not the non-participation. It's, it's, it's sad. It's a problem. It's a huge problem now. It is, and um, and one one of the things I I don't I don't know who it was, but uh, I was I was just listening to the conventions on the radio. I didn't watch any, so I don't remember who it was. But uh, 
one of the speakers early on in the week said, you know, not voting is not a protest, it's a surrender. And, uh, and you know, and I think that that carries a lot behind it. You know, obviously, there's a lot of people out there who say, I, well, I can't vote for Trump, but I don't want to vote for Hillary, so I'm not going to vote for anybody. It's like, yeah, but you know what, you, that this is the nature of our democracy. We have choices. We don't always like our choices, but you have to go, you, ha you still have to participate. I still believe you should participate. Agreed. I, I haven't come you across an election where I yet have said, I just refuse to, to participate. I mean, there's certain like ballot measures or something where I don't feel like I have enough information, so I don't vote on that, but I'm looking at another one. You know, but I mean, when it comes to voting for the president. Um, I think everybody should vote. And I actually wrote an op-ed a couple of months back, um, and it's on my website, globalval.blogspot.com. Um, are Americans giving up on democracy? Because if you look at um, the trend of, so the voting trend of people who are eligible, age-eligible voters um, who have voted in the general election for the presidency, now, granted, of course, women have only had the right to vote for 96 years. True. So this is just, t you know, relative to the time and place, who was eligible to vote. So if you look at the, the last half of the 19th century, so in the 1850s up until 1899, um, the, it was a pretty high percentage. And it even got up as high as 81%. Wow. And it was kind of more in like the 60s, 70s range, but like got up to like 81% of eligible voters voted for in the presidential election. Now let's fast forward to the 20th century, which said, which had its highest voter turnout in its first year of the year 1900, 72% of age eligible voters who voted in the presidential election. But mostly the average was like, eh, it's more in like the, it ranged from like the low 40s, which of course we had a lot of war years during those times. Um, you know, during World War One, women still couldn't vote. So, right. you know, you had a lot of low turnout, um, you know, in like the 40 percent, um, you know, up till uh, kind of ranged between like 50 to 65 percent. That was throughout the 20th century. In the 21st century, where we've only had a couple of few elections, the uh, it, it, it's it's kind of a range. It's in like the fifty, like fifty-one to like fifty-seven percent of age-eligible voters are voting for in the presidential election, and we have a bigger population. Right. We have more, more people. El well, yeah, we have women eligible. We have women eligible. We should have we should have suffrage for people in prison. And you know what? And that's also a big thing, too. If you're in prison or if you're on probation, you can't vote. But there's a big, um, like, the big, like, sheep over, uh, wool pulled over the eyes is that if you're out of prison and you're off of probation, you can vote. Is that true in all states? It is legal. Uh, all states, I'm not sure. But... Um, I don't think it's in all states, but I think it's in most states. But that's that's the thing is like people who have been told that they're disenfranchised, like believe it. And of course, there's all sorts of reasons why people don't vote, and you know the voting rights, and you know, and what did Florida do? They like closed, 
the polls on a sun on Sundays when traditionally all the black churches would go around with their buses and pick up people and take them to to vote and then the governor said we're we're closing Sunday polls you can't you can't come on a Sunday I mean just totally like just you know keeping people out away so there's lots of reasons you know that keep people away from voting but that's a really ugly trend you know that only half of eligible voters are voting in a presidential election it's pretty sad well and then there's the the rollback of the the voting rights act right because now it's it's allowed like the the poll workers in some places are allowed to ask people for id right which we didn't have because that becomes a burden for like the elderly and the poor yeah some people just yeah it's an extra step well, and it's financial, like all of like a license and ID costs money. Right. And so if you don't have $25 and, and there's plenty of people who don't, it's true. then you don't have an ID. So it disproportionately affects the elderly and, and the very poor. And, and also think about how many people in this country are homeless. Right. And you and need. If you had an idea, maybe you lost it. Yeah, or your address. <laughs> you know, maybe you, you were registered. Maybe you were registered in a different state, and you've been driven out of state for natural disaster or prices or jobs, and you haven't been able to establish yourself in another state. So maybe you're still getting some like voter registration stuff sent to your old address, um, and you're but you're elsewhere. You know, so. Um, yeah, it's a lot of barriers. It's pretty wild times. It is. It is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I've been I've been talking about politics a lot. <laughs> but you started out by saying that you had a conversation that was not about politics. Oh, that was when we were talking about shopping at thrift stores. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was that's so far been it. Like we, I, I did. No, I talked about. Oh, wait, the Walt Whitman thing. That was about politics too. Never mind. But you speaking. Uh, well, you're talking Walt Whitman uh, <laughs> on Wednesday at Sacred Grounds. Yes, that was fun. That was really fun. Your your piece about Henry David Thoreau's mother doing his laundry. Yes. Was it? it that was one of my favorite things that would I you heard like on. To hear that one. I would. Okay. Did you got that right one with here. you? Under those Four. really cool like. U2 shades you've got there these are these are cool they are they're they're very bono (laughs) that's a compliment a lot of people don't like bono but i think you you're rocking my my brother who's like a a rock star Uh uh-huh he bought these for me at a truck stop in texas nice these are truck stop sunglasses awesome (laughs) okay let's see All right. Henry David Thoreau's mother did his laundry the whole time he was at Walden Pond. See, transcendentalism is easier when your mother does your laundry. It frees up your mind and your time to ponder the path of an ant or make arcane calculations about the cost of living on Walden Pond. Mrs. Thoreau's hands must have gotten tired of scrubbing a philosopher's underwear and pressing the shirts of a self-reliant thinker. 
She must have encouraged his civil disobedience. A night in jail was her only day off. <laughs> I'm glad that you like that one, Val. I love that one. We got, yeah, the <laughs> guys out there love it too. I've read Walden. Like I, 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 I thought it was, you know, kind of cool. Yeah. If a little tedious in places. Sure, but I mean, so, but I, I guess it begs the question of, is this is this in uh, we we've learned this about the the laundry thing. Well, what. I'm sorry, what are we learning about laundry? <laughs> Did his mother actually do his laundry? Oh, yeah, that's a fact. Okay. <laughs> I figured it was. No, you're, that's you're for an, real. You're an honest and educated no, person. I actually, just was... That, that fact is actually the entire inspiration for actually writing down my thoughts about it. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I, I <laughs> Yeah. But I Henry th- David Thoreau, his real mother, did his actual fucking stinky laundry. <laughs> <laughs> Which can bring us back to politics. Yep. And how we we're saying that that uh, the, the Trumpster um, has never had to answer to anybody no. and has probably never done his own laundry in his adult life. You have to wonder about that. I wonder. I mean, I don't I wonder. Mean, a lot of people do their own laundry in college. Yeah, I don't know. That's true. But, or they try to. Yeah, but you know he's got a lot of people working like for him. Pink undershirts. That's true. Yeah, I had to. I started doing my laundry <laughs> when I was Donald like Trump was nine. Like running around in pink undershirts. Maybe because he attempted to do his own laundry and didn't know not to mix reds with whites. You never know. The world may never know, and that's okay. I don't, don't want to. He's think. probably not going to tell. Like this is going to be a big time secret. It's like, <laughs> well, maybe someone should tweet about it and see how he reacts. <laughs> so, Donald, I hear you. You had pink shirts in college. <laughs> I, I I did appreciate um, I did appreciate Hillary's jab at him. She's like, she's like, do you think someone who can be baited by a by a Twitter tweet is someone that we want to have uh, control over nuclear weapons. Do they have that? Is Twitter baiting a thing? <laughs> Twitter baiting. <laughs> you know, like say something <laughs> about someone, you know, like a little insult, and then it like starts a big storm on Twitter of like, you know, he's this is a thin skin kind of thing. But uh, I thought that was maybe her best point of the night uh, as she, you know, against him. But um, she she has said a lot of other stuff. But um, it was a pretty historic moment. Like, even though I'm a Bernie fan and there's a lot of things you could say about Hillary Clinton that, you know, her policies and, and practices and whatever you you could say a lot of things that, you know, that would you know tend to take her down a few notches. Um, however, I did find it to be a really amazing historical event other women have been on the on the ticket i mean obviously jill stein's received nomination from the green party um but um, the major political party having a woman be their their nominee is really it's really amazing like i it's amazing it, it tugged at me a bit i know you know that's that's the thing like you know politics is really complicated you know, and gender politics certainly has to like be part of the conversation at this point, but you, you have to, you gotta like, uh, 
Yeah, Richard's reminding us about Shirley Chisholm. Oh, yeah. Who who was a, a black woman who ran for president. Oh, yeah. And she got a lot of press as well. She didn't... She received the nomination, though. I don't, but but she did run, and she she got she had delegates when they went into the convention. She had delegates. Um, she was pretty amazing, uh, Shirley Chisholm. Um, but to have a woman be the Democratic Party's nominee and to accept that in a speech that was, I mean, she's a very well-spoken woman. Uh, person. That's true. You know, she's very well spoken. And so, you know, as I was listening to her and I know that a lot of the things she was saying was ideas that she got from Bernie Sanders and, and the political revolution. But, you know, um, I mean, I'm well, glad that I mean, that's the thing. If she has any hope of getting those votes, then right. like Isn't that, it? that's a lot of, a, I mean, that's the thing that was kind of amazing about that. That's a lot of people. Right. A lot of people. Right. And it could very well just be lip service. Well, yes. That's what politics often is. Right. Right. (laughs) But there was even that part of me that was like, man, this is really cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I couldn't couldn't help myself feeling like proud to be a woman. It's a wild ride here on planet Earth. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is uh, interesting times we live in. It is. And I'll tell you what, I'm going to read, or not read, I'm going to play a little music. Oh, I, I love music, <clears throat> And then we'll, we'll reassess, uh, we'll, we'll re- regroup here and see, what, see what's going to happen next. Um, but uh, yeah, I hope uh, we're, all, we're all looking for some, uh, some good things, maybe some, maybe some miracles.
Well, we hope you, uh, Mike, hope you believe in miracles. Um, I know I do. This is Global Val here at the Common Thread Collective here at Mutiny Radio. We've been hanging out this afternoon with E.K. Keith, and Tyler just showed up, and I know Richard's out there and Bloodflower out there. So, um, you know, I, w- I want to know what you guys uh, want to do and when you want to do it. Okay, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> Tyler, been a while, my friend. It's good to see you. It's good. So, uh, was it? Were you? You said you went up to um, did some kind of show a week or so ago, Sacramento. Yeah, last Friday at the Blue Lamp in Sacramento, I was. Uh, I had a I had like a, a show with a couple of people I've done a bunch of shows with. Um, these dudes, uh, they have like their own, you know, group. It's called Dub Life. Um, Dub is like a brother of the main guy Boney J he's a good friend of mine and uh, he he died you know very mm. early in life and so they kind of created this movement of music and positivity to you know just kind of continue in his in his memory and uh, yeah they threw like their first dub night you know what I'm saying and it was pretty cool like they have uh, I think they have like 11 artists inside of their group and um, so everybody got a chance to go up there and do some stuff it was it was a very positive show. Probably one of the best shows I've done in a while. Nice. Yeah, it was. It was cool. It was a lot of fun. And it's 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 uh it's going home for you, right? It's where you're from. Yeah, Sac. That's that's the hometown. Um, I got to hang out, um, there before, and went to a cannabis club for the very first time in Sac because I didn't have my card <laughs> when I was out there, and I got some Jack Herrera. Which oh. is like a legendary sativa. Like, yeah. Got some potheads out there, like, oh, I haven't heard of that in years. <laughs> you know, if Jack Herrera is putting his name on a strain, it's some serious, <laughs> it's gonna, serious it's business. Gonna, you know, it was $30 an eighth, and it was, and I'm still smoking on it, and it, it's great. It's great stuff. But uh, yeah, I just kind of hung out for a little while, killed some time before the show, and played some Pokemon, and then. I don't know what that means. I don't. I don't. I don't. Please don't chase pixels off a cliff. I definitely will not. Please don't chase pixels into traffic. I might do that. This is San Francisco. People chase. Please do not jaywalk while chasing pixels. Pixels, okay. Oh, they're more part of my heart than pixels. <laughs> yes, apparently so. Oh my god! I was gonna do an original song today, but I guess I'll sing the Pokemon theme song oh instead. My oh yeah! Goodness. You know we would love that. That would be cool. That's how I keep. That's how I stay hip to the young people's lingo, Tyler. I depend on you. You depend on me. That's, yeah, that's it's good. true. No, I. I mean, we were. You know, we're. We're. If nothing, anything, if not current. Did I say that right? Uh, we're not. We're nothing if not current here on the Common Thread Collective. So uh, it, go for it. Or do you want to... Oh. I was being so sarcastic. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? Because we were ready. Pokemon, yeah. Like, I was, sing, right. sing I was, to- I was totally ready. You, blood flower. <laughs> I want to be 
the very best that no one ever was. Bam, 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 bam. To catch them is my real test. To train them is my cause. Do, do, do. I will travel across the land, searching far and wide. Bum, 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 bum. These Pokemon to understand the power that's inside. Pokemon, gotta catch them all so true. Of courage will pull us through. You teach me and I'll teach you. Pokemon. And then it goes on, you know, there's like the extended version, but, you know, I'll give you guys the annoy my family version. <laughs> that was that pretty I awesome. Around the house. <laughs> I actually had some pretty, pretty cool messages in that. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, mean, I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, that's what I grew up on, Pokemon. Pokemon. I, I've been getting a lot of negative you know, feedback when I tell people I'm playing Pokemon and stuff. You know, I, I've been I playing it since I, I was... I'm just concerned, really, about, like, people wandering into, like, you know, like the... The, the kind of sketchier parts of McLaren Park, for example, with their heads in their phones. Oh, and, yeah. You know, like, I don't know, everybody. Like, you know, just, just be aware of where you're at. Don't step in front of a Muni bus. Definitely not. With your head and your face in your phone. Like, it's, and I it's think just seems to be like, uh, have a little self-preservation when you're playing this game. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's true for like phones in general. Like, it's before the, yeah, even this whole recent, re- recent <laughs> Pokemon thing craze, you know, it's like, that's the thing is like, you get people like walking on the street, like their heads like dropped. They're just looking at their phone. They're just kind of shuffling their feet along, you know? I mean, it's been concerning the past few years, this, this type of, uh, you know, human postures <laughs> <laughs> like what are you thinking you know it, it's kind of funny that you said that people just wandering because i was actually just reading like an article maybe a week after like the game went live in america about um thieves putting oh, yeah. putting down Luring. lure lures on in the game yeah so that real people will walk over there thinking oh, and, they got, and, and catch they got some Pokemon, and they got mugged in real life jack em. wow yeah. Yeah. But you know what was a cool thing? <laughs> flowers you, you know, I, what was a cool thing though is that the SPCA when it came out was like, "Hey, while you're playing this game, take your dog for a walk." Yeah, like yeah. that was kind of a cool thing. I was like, "Yeah, it's perfect." And they have like positive uh, spin. They uh-huh. uh, like I, I saw another one. Yeah, for SPCA where they were saying like, "Come, come, volunteer some time. Walk a do- walk a dog from SPCA and play Pokemon <laughs> Go." We got stops here and here, like offering maps. Wow. Like, <laughs> you know, people. A lot of people are using it as an advantage. You know. The wharf. I work in the wharf, and they just had Pokey Night last night, where they put up lures all over the po- uh, the the Fisherman's Wharf and Pier Thirty Nine, and all the businesses were open until eleven, and they had Pokemon specials. Like, and if you caught like, are you serious? Po- There's Pokemon s- serious. Specials? I, I can't make, you can't make. It's kind of like a scavenger you know, hunt. Uh, kind of, you know, and and you know the 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 game's free. You got to think like, that's funny. Pokemon was pretty much a dying. Brand. I like remember the, last, the cards. Like, five, six like in the years. 90s, the mid 90s, they had the Pokemon that's, see, cards. That, that's where it touched my heart. You know, back when I first started like playing, like the little kids, the originals. Like you might have been a little kid then. I was, I was mm, eight, 
Nine, yeah, that would you be know, a little You know, when kid. I was, like, really into it. Like, right. I was still playing Game Boy before it had, like, the backlit screens, you know, on family trips, holding the screen up and just street lights. So that's how I was playing. Like, that's how I could see, you know. That's 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 the generation I came from. But, you know, I, the, I they, used they to, just kept expanding on the brand, yeah. and it just kind of... It started getting stagnant, so it's, I, I, I'm just kind of happy that it, you know it's coming back. Yeah, coming some, back something out. fun. So it's funny because the generation I came from, I uh, we used to take family trips to visit relatives that were about five hours away, and right. I would sit in the back seat as a little kid and go through in my mind my favorite episodes of Family Ties, <laughs> <laughs> and just rewatch and them I I just would rewatch them in my head for like I'd be like well it's five hours so the show's half an hour a piece so if I can remember ten shows I can just like entertain myself in the back seat I remember doing that as a kid like oh yeah da, 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 da. That's <laughs> like, pretty cool, Val. so I, I don't know if it was actually using my imagination since it was based on TV (laughs) but it was like me pretending like I was being entertained (laughs) you you recreated episodes in your head so far as I recall that I I mean I don't remember any episodes right now but (laughs) but at the time it was like you know it's right there (laughs) so I'm trying to think if I can remember any episodes (laughs) (laughs) I can't can't remember a single episode of anything actually well that's not true I've been obsessively watching Doctor Who this summer so I could probably come up with a couple of Doctor Who episodes but basically that's about it and maybe some Star Trek which doctors I'm down with witch doctors. Oh, no. I said witch doctor is. <laughs> but Doctor who? <laughs> nice segue. <laughs> Got some voodoo on your mind? <laughs> Always. 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 I feel like there's... You know what? I. T- speaking of voodoo, like, you know what? Really? And not to, like, swing back to political conversation, Uh-oh. but I really feel strongly that... Like, religious freedom is very important. Would you vote for Bernie if he was a witch doctor? Well, Maybe. I see, I just, I really, I mean, here's on. the thing. Depends on whose heads he was planning to shrink. <laughs> now, come on. <laughs> let's, let's, no, really, like, I really don't care about people's religions like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, right. I, 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 yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's not, it's, you know, I really like that Vermont has free public college education. And I think that, you know, like, so if that was still like part of Bernie's platform and As he, a witch doctor. and he was a witch doctor, <laughs> then yeah, I'd be down with that. I'm, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't, I don't think that. I think that you have to separate, you know, whatever people, I mean, you know what, there's, think of how many people, like, you know, there's, we have a lot of non-traditional religions in our country. Like, yeah. Like like the Pastafarians. And they're very serious about it. (laughs) And other people don't take them seriously. I mean, there's, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a a lot of religions that like, of course, other people don't take seriously. And that's the value of like having 
religious freedom right because if you're the person whose religion isn't being taken seriously you know or is deemed to be something that you should be like tortured and abused for well that's not cool Nobody wants to be that person. Nobody wants that. Like, and nobody wants things to shift so that the light is suddenly shining on your weird religion or because somebody else thinks that, you know, what you believe is now different wrong, right? Yeah, a different wrong. Yeah. That's got to that should be a title for something. A different wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we should write something, Val. Just <laughs> got a band. Ooh, that sounds like more fun. I, th- <laughs> I think it was a Family Ties I'll, episode. I'll, I'll shake a tambourine. <laughs> I'll shake a hip. Oh, was it? Maybe you're right. Oh, no. We could shake a, I'll shake a tambourine. Okay. That's fun. All right. I have blood flower. Yeah, Bloodflower should be in our band for I sure. I want to hear Bloodflower play some music. He's yeah, got his guitar too. out there. I want to see Bloodflower pay attention. Hey, Bloodflower, are you are you <laughs> would, gonna would, give us a song? Would you like to play? S- s- would. Well, yeah. We just want to make people wait for it. Uh, (laughs) Incidentally, we also were making you wait for it, but that was not our intention. But Tyler is such an awesome uh, DJ in in training here that he is uh, out there setting up the stage and putting the microphones in place. Fuck. Pretty awesome. Fuck yeah. I've been, you're like a dream come true. I've been sitting in this booth for a few years here, just like. Telling people to roll their own, <laughs> you know. So right. I take care of your own microphone. Oh man! But now we have cool people who, you know, Part- participate. <laughs> I didn't make him do anything. He <laughs> he volunteered. <laughs> that is my side, and I'm sticking to it. I like that little guitar. Isn't that cool? It's, yeah, qu- it's quarter got a quarter size. Sound. Matilda. And its name is Matilda. No, Matilde. 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 It's it's a beautiful it's a beautiful little guitar. We're good students, EK. We got it right away. I try to listen. <laughs> Me too. And I th- and listening I think is is such an important feature of discussions. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's a good thing that we listen since what we like is radio. I know. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to our show here, the Common Thread Collective Mutiny Radio.fm, San Francisco. I'm going to put a little music on here and answer the phone.
So, uh, yeah, the, some of that music you're hearing kind of intermittently in the show is uh, from the Terry Disley Trio, and they're kind of, uh, he's based here in San Francisco, I believe, um, although he's uh, originally from uh, across the pond. Um, but the Terry Disley Trio, they play at the Burrit Room in San Francisco. That's B-U-R-R-I-T-T, the Burrit Room. Um downtown somewhere but i think we got blood flower out there and he's he's sitting in front of a mic with his guitar and um and blood flower we have a request not an immediate request but well uh play what you want to play and then uh, james ellis is calling in to to see if he can read and perhaps you would continue to play i'm getting a thumbs up from blood flower so uh if you want to take a couple minutes and just jam out whatever you want to do and then we'll, we'll bring james on perfect all right. Take it away. All right. Thank you. Go for it. Thank you. 
old thing. But the experience without love Love is vulnerable, but to experience without this vulnerability, strength and desire. Desire is not love, and desire cannot hold love. Desire is soon spent, and in its spending is sorrow. Desire cannot be stopped. The ending of desire by will, by any means that the mind can devise, leads to decay and misery. Only love can tame desire, and love is not of the mind. But as the observer must cease for love to be. It cannot be bought through sacrifice or through worship. There is no means to love. The search for me has come to end for love to be. Genius shall know the beauty of love but to pursue it in freedom. The free alone is their love. Their freedom never directs, never holds. Love is only truth. The hurricane had destroyed the crops, and the seawater was over the land. The train was crawling along on both sides of the line. The trees were down, the houses roofless. In the field, utterly deserted. Storm done a great deal of damage for miles around. Living things were destroyed, and the barren earth was open to the sky. We are never alone. We are struck by people, by our own thoughts. Oh, the people are just there. We speak things to the screen. I thought. There is no moment, or it is very rare, when thought is not. You know what it is to be alone, to be free of all expectation, of all continuity. Uh, and image. Not lonely, but we do not know what it is to be alone. The ache of loneliness fills our hearts, and the mind covers it with fear. Loneliness, that isolation, is the dark shadow of our life. We do everything we can to run away from it. Plunge down every avenue of escape we know, but it pursues us, and we are never without it. Isolation is the way of our life. 
we barely fuse with another. We're in ourselves, we are broken, torn, and unhealed. In ourselves, we are not whole. See, the fusion with another is possible only when there is integration within. We are afraid of solitude. It opens the door to our insufficiency. The poverty of our own being. Hmm. But it is solitude that heals the deepening wound of loneliness. To walk alone, unimpeded by thought, by the trail of our desires, is to go beyond the reaches of the mind. It is the mind that isolates, separates, and cuts off communion. The mind cannot be made whole. It cannot make itself complete. But that very effort is a process of isolation. It is part of the loneliness that nothing can cover. The mind is the product of the many. And what is put together can never be alone. result of thought. Only when thought is utterly still, is there the flight of the alone to the alone. How very nice. James Zealous calling in to read some J. Krishnamurti and Bloodflower being so cool to play along. And I'm glad we got the Bloodflower solo before that. Thank you, James Zealous, for giving us a call here on the Common Thread Collective, MutinyRadio.fm. Thank you for having me, Global Val. Thank you, Bloodflower. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Happy to have you. Happy to have everybody call and be a part of this grand experiment of life here on the Common Thread Collective. And uh, speaking of grand experiments of life, Richard Sandrell. Oh, what a grand experiment. <laughs> Welcome back. Good to see you. It only took 69 years of fermenting to get here. And hey. now going on 71. So. Hey, my newbie on the block. That's right. Oh, that's it sounds like you, you jumped, you skipped one in there. All right, well... Uh, so the other night, well, I was... Uh, at sacred grounds cafe you were at the glen park library because you're a finalist in the poets 11 citywide competition is that correct uh well how did you well yeah i actually won you won you did well, that's there was, cool there's two women and me congratulations yeah i was really surprised i was i'm telling because evidently uh district eight had more poets than anybody else submit district eight huh. is your district yeah wow yeah, it's, still, it's the wiener Wiener district. Oh, yeah. I don't know how I'm so. Supervisors lucky. are temporary. No, like, yeah, but I. Hills get, stay I standing until earthquakes ones. come. I, I don't get the good ones over where I'm at. It's always the. Uh, it's always there's, the there's uh, underbrush. Well, I hope so. <laughs> well, any, yeah. What is District 8? So, Glen Park is part of District 8? Yeah, Glen Park, Castro, and I think part of Noe Valley, I think. Okay. Uh, 
But evidently, I guess they sent me something, but I didn't really take note of it. I just saw, saw something about $50 for the winners, and I didn't know if I was the winner. So when they called my name, I was real shocked. I really was. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah that's exciting. Well, I read uh, Waiting and uh, Crying Wind and uh, Dream of Trees. Nice. I remember those. I do remember Dream of Trees. I do. Those three I submitted. Very cool. So then... Um, so well, then I the poets what eleven. Yeah. Let everybody read on uh, in September. Okay. I have to look September twenty third somewhere back in the it'll be in the Coret Auditorium downtown. Nice. And I think everybody gets to read one. Yeah. Uh, the winners uh, got to read their three poems in their district. I think it's the way it's working. And then uh, what we do is we get an honorary, my first paycheck from poetry, fifty dollars. Congratulations. And, yes, I know. Hey, I hey. Know. I'm a paid poet, I can't believe it. And uh, and a book. Right, they put out they put out they a book, put out the book. And, and I think they put out the book of the three winners from each district. I think, but I'm not sure. Or probably, oh, I've seen it yeah. before. I can't remember the detail, yeah, but a, it's a nice book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm really honored. Well, congratulations. That's fantastic. Yeah. We'll, we'll look forward to that uh, Coret Auditorium reading. Yeah. All right. Well, I got some new stuff, so can't keep doing the old stuff. Uh, this is called "I Do Not Believe." I do not believe you, neither does Coyote. I stopped believing in you in a long, long time ago, Usa. In truth, you were never believable, though there are new people and natives who came together, bonding. The heinous, nefarious, diabolical sides win. There is a narrative where whites were sent away across the oceans from Turtle Island and the land of the Condor for their immature ways may never have realized that they would come back. There are those from the white part of the hoop who think white equates to godly, highest of intellect, best looking, believed in general they are right on all issues. Though they will deny it, they believe it. You have lied and lied and lied and lied, and you want us to believe again. Hallelujah is not in order. Watch, observe, Coyote does. I've watched as Coyote gathers strength. Brother Wolf is coming back slowly, but with caution. But it is Coyote who is stepping up, challenging. Two-legged may have had gun, may have guns, but Coyote has guile, unexpected by the two-legged. Coyote doesn't believe in you either, Usa. Live, excuse me, like the two-legged, I believe Coyote is malleable, but unlike the most two-legged, we'll use it to pass it on to the, to the fifth world, to the beginning of the sixth, along with those two-legged who listen to the grandfathers and grandmothers and their relatives. As they make haste and move underground, as our mother, along with chaos, makes needed changes above, the mother is exfoliating itself. Long live Coyote. Hear, hear. Long live Coyote. Wow. That was really... What's the name of that piece again? Uh, it's called I Do Not Believe You, Neither Does Coyote. Interesting. Interesting. The Coyote. Oh, it... Uh, I, I know you were kind of couching things into a fable there, but I, I, I can tell that that's new. And there's some commentary on uh, what's going on. Well, actually, that's what Coyote does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, being an asshole is more fun. 
being an asshole is more fun than being reasonable. Reasonable is not on Usa's minds nor vocabulary. Just look at the public discourse and the internet for some of the best assholes the Empire produces. <laughs> Hiding under pseudonames, they body shame, character assassinate, shaming them for losing their looks, for what we all do, getting older, calling people uglier than gorillas, while they ignore the real tragedies of the world wars of empires. They are the forked tongue flicking their tongues of putrefied hate. They embarrass snakes who have no hatred in their hearts. Language is so manipulated it to cause reactions of emotions, fear, hatred, the language of feeling superior to everyone else as the mad, godless people. Language has no place for love, compassion, forgiveness. Does that mean utopia? No, but possibly less strife. Brothers and sisters, there are Christians ready to kill at the proper time, Jews and Israel, if they don't convert to Christianity, so as to bring on Armageddon, all the propaganda just like the commies. Keep them worked up, give them just enough so they don't rise up, but you better watch out, Usa. You've made a lot of assholes, even as you, as your God did. And those assholes are blaming everyone but who they should. <clears throat> you have boomed and busted the people, gave them some token of savings, then wiped them out when you stole it for your bosses. People no longer believe any of you. A man, a woman will rise, a demagogue who will give the angry, God-fearing people what they want and the final wiping out of the troublemakers. <clears throat> and they will in turn do to them all the good hating zealots tend to do. We are the recipients of the past. We are, <clears throat> we are alive now who were born in a world gone mad way before we got here, and it's still in the throes of mental illness. There are people who have, no long, who have longer memories than ours, have a longer view, know what is needed to bring back the balance. But I suspect Usans will ignore that because it's just too much fun being the anus in the Usan empire. <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, Peeling, peeling back the the label on uh, on uh, what, what we're seeing in this country. Yeah, there's that that air of uh, pe you know people feel so righteous when they when they're you know angry and they 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 mistake it for a, a dominance you know and uh, it's not getting anybody anywhere. It's just like ego fluffing. Um, which I see, it's what I think this, I mean, we, we seeing it played out this whole, um, you know, uh, well, I, disaster I, I, of I, ego. I to say this cause you know, you can't, you're born with the looks that you're born with, but I have to tell you, I have never seen a face look more like an anus as the man we know who is running for president. <laughs> I don't even like saying his name. I'd yeah. like to say that is the most anus face I have ever seen in my life. When he makes those faces, it looks just, I don't know, he's got such a talent in making that look. Don't you think? <laughs> it's like Voldemort. He well, who shall not be named. Well, he be. I've seen that I've seen that bumper sticker that says Republicans for Voldemort. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> well, I have a couple more, not very long. Uh, Okie dokie. This is... Uh, 
Well, as you know, probably Miles Davis is one of my favorite musicians. Mm -hmm. And I really have a great admiration for when he broke what music he loved so he could create something new. So this says, this is called Miles Says. Don't call it jazz, Miles says, but they kept calling it jazz. As the album cover read, New Directions in Music, didn't that give him the hint? In Rolling Stone, he said he could put the best rock and roll band together ever. Most didn't notice when he did it. He rolled, roiled, boiled, swirling, luring, exploring, practiced, then letting it go. And what people heard as chaos were great ballads and cries of blues, all that came down to the earth music. Only that clarion call from the trumpet soared above as rhythms below, supporting, percolating. With the influences of Sly Stone, Jimi Hendrix, and his own musical background, mixed it and gave us music not heard before. And as Miles says, if you don't like it, don't listen to it. <laughs> right on. And the last one, Coyote listens to poetry. Oh, good. I'm glad Coyote's listening to poetry. Well, you've got to hear my other ones. Yes, he does. He's a real poet fan. Coyote travels out of Golden Cate two blocks from Sacred Grounds. There he hears poetry and rants as he goes by. He decides to stop outside, sits behind a bush, and listens. It is the usual poets. Coyote has heard some of them before, but there are a couple he hadn't. After listening and taking stock of the old boomers who tell their stories in prose and poetry and rants, Coyote wonders why there aren't more mixing it up. These boomers are telling their stories to each other. Youth comes in and out, as do others from the hoop. But in a city that claims to be diverse, and, it, and, it's, and it's our stories, we should be telling them to each other with love and in our struggles. As the poets leave, Coyote begins to run down Hay Street, turning right to the panhandle. We all call the Coyote, who is no fool. He keeps going without so much as a glance. <laughs> and that's true. That one is true. Now, whether he was outside listening, I'd like to think so. But after we were standing there waiting for the bus, here he came, just walking, running right down the middle of the street, and we're going, Coyote, Coyote, and he just doesn't pay us no mind. He turns the corner and goes down to the panhandle. Yeah, I've seen coyotes in Golden Gate Park before, too. Yeah. I, I saw a coyote in McLaren Park. Well, see, I've been telling you guys, if you've been listening, Coyote is expanding his territory. And, uh, man, you have to read that again so you guys remember it, because... Did you see? Did you see the documentary? A local lady here did it a few years back. I think it was a PBS thing. But there's this really awesome footage of a coyote crossing the Golden Gate Bridge, and it's yeah. like cameras, like the traffic cameras, and it's like you know in the middle of the night or something, and there's no traffic on the bridge, except for this coyote like coming across from Marin into yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty it, cool. Well, like I said, I don't know. Do we have time? I could read it, or I'll save it for next week. Why not read it now? It's right. It's well, on topic if you've got it. Uh, 
let me look for it. Here. Sacred Grounds was really fun the other night. I really had a great time featuring. It was it was a really great crowd. There were a lot of new people who had shown up, a lot of young people, a lot I of heard, women. I heard, I heard there were some women show up. You know, I was my my travels and telling women I meet, please show up. There there are actually a couple of young women who are are coming back to be the mini feature next week. Oh, good. And, you know, one of my favorite things about your performance on Wednesday was, you know, at the beginning, Val's all like, this isn't going to be political. Ha ha. (laughs) (laughs) By the end of things, we're just all like, (laughs) woohoo. Well, the personal is political is personal. It was more personal. It's but uh, But it did it did uh, kind of the message kind of rode to rise above I, I said my, my new my new slogan is uh you know how michelle obama this week she said when they go low we go high my i'm twisting that when they go dark we go light yeah so yeah it was it was it was fun to do i know i i said because dan introduced me as doing poetry on on like various topics and things and and one of them of course was political topics so it was kind of funny because i did get up there and i'm like you know what i'm not reading any political poems tonight and oh. da- dan brady turns said oh not just one turns out all your poetry is political <laughs> <laughs> interestingly enough it did it I, I was kind of writing the uh, the the wave of the divine feminine so we rise above this crazy witch hunt that's going on oh yeah and I do, and the last last Friday, the women's magazine show I did, I know it sounds terrible that we had to talk about the Republican National Convention, but I had a lot of fun with it, and I really recommend people listen. It was it was a lot of fun to do. Um, kind of broke it up with the little scenes from the Witches of Eastwick, um, and uh, it was it was a lot of fun. But I, you know, just kind of looking at really some of the dangerous things that 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 people in that party are saying um, as a, not just an attack on Hillary Clinton, but um, it's attacking attack on, her. It's an attack on the earth. It's an attack on the planet. It's an attack on every level of life except for the green, which is not grass, but money. Right, right. They they did chant in God We Trust because oh, they, when it was, yeah. they were mentioned it and somebody mentioned that it was on our, all of our money. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll give you, this was the first coyote uh, story I think I started, so this is the genesis of why I talk about it. Much about coyote. Much said about coyote, mostly true, some not. Wonder, one wonders who's more jealous. Coyote broadens his territories in places never seen. As his domain broadens, he passes laws saying it is, is so. Familiar? Questions? Did coyote make laws first or the two-legged? Did they both come to it on their own? What's the source of all this activity? Coyote says he knows, but he's not talking. We're both great con artists, thievery on both parts, even from each other. That's what make, makes good thieves do. They, they <clears throat> call it, we just call it, excuse me, they call it giveaways. Coyote says he's only trying to teach us lessons. This is what some native people call coyote, wolf, grandfather, one who teaches. There's a rumor that coyote's cooking up a plan to take dominion over your safe places right outside your doors. Coyote's got a lawyer. You wonder why coyote's suing you. Meanwhile, coyote denies everything. Accused of influence, Coyote answers with a snarl. I don't need no stinking putrefied politicians. 
Coyote is a good trickster, master manipulator, but one foolish enough to believe his own press. Coyote becomes foolish. Gringo gets mad. He goes from 1 to 10 in anger in point zero 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 point seconds. It passes you so fast it's into space before you even know it. You're hitting the ground. Coyote feels sandblasted. When native people call Coyote Wolf and Grandfather, I thought that they, it was because they were our ancestors. Gringo learned from Grandfather. They just forgot. Gringo always thinks he gets to where he is on his own. Coyote always resents that. Back in the Dominion issue, when Coyote comes to town, he's tired of being harassed by the two-legged. It's only fair. You took the land from where Coyote lives, where he gathers his food. He comes to town to steal your pets for food. Time to turn the tables. Police are always called in, and you know what happens. Therefore, the lawsuit. Coyote's doing it to make a point. Thanks for taking us back to the to the to some some original Sounds pieces familiar. there. <laughs> it does sound familiar. It does indeed. Richard, I'm so I'm so happy you uh well that you're here today, but also really excited for you to your district eight winner for Poets Eleven. Yeah, I've I've had a pretty good run in my uh I'm I'm very happy. I mean uh, uh, you know, I I've been a, I, like I say, I'm 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 going on seventy one now. And there's been things and places I've, at where I've been that that I never felt like I got the recognition. Not that I do it for that, because that's not the point. If I never got recognized, I'd still be writing this stuff. But it's just, you know, I just have to make a recognition that I'm, I'm, I'm honored by people recognizing that they think I have something to say and they like the way I say it. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm pleased as shit <laughs> <laughs> pleased as shit that's awesome that's awesome well you you're 71 right yeah. and i want to i want to recognize that today my mother is turning 75 well i'm going on 71 you're going on 71 so she's still 70 well, you young thing back in ohio they would say how old are you? i said well i'm going on that's what they used to say <laughs> you're no longer 70 when she passed it now you're going on 71. So that's there you go. There you go. Um, but a big, a gigantic, loving happy birthday to my mom. Three quarters of a century of being a, a shining light. Um, believe me. I don't know how she keeps her, uh, has kept her, her bright attitude towards things um, all these years. But it certainly um, is inspiring and something that I didn't really understand for a while. And I still kind of don't understand how she does it. But um, it's pretty amazing that she does, considering that she also reads everything that she sees and sits down and reads the paper every day. And yet still is a, a, a shining, positive person. You know, I met your mama. Say again? I said, you know, I met your mama. Oh yeah, and I—I uh, I, I had a really fun time with her at midnight mass. We did. We went to midnight mass, <laughs> which on was Christmas. a funny thing. <laughs> yeah. It was an impromptu decision to, you know, like go to midnight mass, and 
and it was fun. Did you, there's a lot of singing. Like the pomp and circumstance of the mass. Well, you know, there's a little bit of nostalgia actually for oh, me. So you know, so there's some there's some nostalgia there, and definitely like the pomp and ceremony. I like that incense. You know, what is that? The frankincense? Yeah. What but they do? Uh, that's okay. that always that always kind of gets gives me yeah, the nostalgia. Put it on those, uh, black to, uh, back carbon and burn it, and that's really why you get a lot of cancers in the church. <laughs> Well, you know, though. there's there's always right. flies in the honey. Uh, like, that's but, right. That's but right. It was fun. Like we we were singing a lot, and yes. I felt like we were really that we were an important part of like the loud singing that happened. We did have quite the contingent uh, in our in our pew. They, yeah. they don't do the uh, Latin masses anymore, right? Oh, I don't know. Do. Are they still doing Some that? churches have What's Latin an, mass now. Oh, Latin. I th- yeah, because see, that's what I was growing up in. Yeah, that was my mom when she was growing up here. The masses were in Latin when she was very young. And Is women and girls had to wear hats. Right, or the little piece of lace or whatever. Yeah, something, yeah. something on their head. So a, a lot has changed. Um, but uh, mom's great, and uh, I'm really, I want to read her a poem. Hey. Yeah. As I was, I read this at Sacred Grounds the other night because it was, um, I was saying, because Dan Brady, fantastic Dan Brady, who in, invited me to feature. Um, I, I love his poetry, and he, he he has lots of different styles, but then sometimes when I write a poem, I'm like, it's got a little bit of Dan Brady going on in there. Um, and, but, but. The, the, the theme of it, though, makes me think of my mom. So uh, this poem is called A Knack for Happy. To have a knack for happy, one becomes very wealthy. Fields of fun, meadows of mischief, grams of goodness, kilos of kindness, loads of laughter, parcels of perception, acre upon acre of astonishing moments. Free from false promises, glee from the acknowledgement, safe from the searing edge of seriousness. Glow with gratitude, aspire to aptitude, relish in relaxation, invoke the imagination, sit and smile. Yeah, Val. So that's dedicated to my mom and uh, and, uh, and uh, also to Dan Brady and all you hopeful, happy people out there who you do maintain uh a wealth of knowledge about what's going on in the world and yet rise above with a light heartedness and uh, a good nature. And I would just like to add, uh, as Coyote uh, sort of wonders why there isn't more mixing up, it is starting to happen uh, with these poetry reads where people from the four directions are coming together as poets, true poets, and recognizing each other and coming to each other and telling each other's story. I applaud Coyote <laughs> because that's that's what this town's all about, you know. Um, um, is that mixing? And we, and I, I I'm somebody who actually wants communities to stay and live together and continue the growing of their culture within this country. But I what I want, and I hate the idea of a melting pot. That's not what I like about this country. What I like is that they do come from other cultures. And that if you continue making that culture live and survive here in this country, you can come out and we can all play together as supposedly the people of the empire or as they say, United States of America, if it was true. Um, yes, yes, 
what a great place this would be. Come out then. Come out out there and come out and play. Come out and show each other. Find that inner kid in you and introduce yourself to them. And then come out and play. And then introduce that kid to the adult so that the adult can come out and play. And come out when you see somebody who the country wants you to say is the other who is not the other but your brother and your sisters. Come out and play. Imagine what would happen. <laughs> well, you know, and and if there's anybody who's just walking by, you can come over here right now. I That's think there's right. room on the mic. That's right. That's true. That's true. You're welcome to join us any Friday from three till about quarter to six here on the Common Thread Collective at Mutiny Radio. We are at 2781 21st Street, Cross Street is Florida. We're right on the corner. You can't you can't miss us. We, you'll see us from the 21st Street. Um, and uh, we're right across the street from Doña Teres, which makes amazing pupusas. Oh, um, you know what else they have? What are they? What? Oh, they have uh, the the homemade aguas frescas. I have the jamaica, uh, and it's so good. Good stuff. Tyler's like they've dancing the out there. Today they've got horchata and jamaica. Oh, nice. If you don't know, the jamaica is the uh, hibiscus, hibiscus tea. So and good. It's sweetened, and it's, oh, it's so good. <laughs> See, folks, if you come out here, you can hang out with us and go across the street and get something delicious and bring it back here and hang out um, and be part of this show. And I'm really, uh, it's going to be great. We talked to Diamond Dave earlier. He's hes heading west. He's got a couple more stops to make. But he will be back here in person in studio next Friday, August 5th. Um, and we'll get, the, we'll get the Diamond Dave summer recap and I'm sure so much more. People calling in from across the country who he's interacted with uh, throughout the the, the past couple months, people who are in Philadelphia for the Democratic Convention, people from the Rainbow Gathering, people from the Organic Valley Farm, who's going to visit next, um, all over, all over, and uh, that's that's uh, Dave's charm is bringing people together. So we're happy to be here together at Mutiny Radio every Friday. Um, and uh, I, speaking of uh, coming together and celebrating, uh, my guest today on Women's Magazine was Charlie Toledo, and she's the director of the Suskal Intertribal Council up in Napa. But she's also a chair of on um, for WIN, which is the Women's Intercultural Network, and she's the Napa County chair for CAWA, which is the California Women's Agenda. So there, there's going to be a big uh, WIN, Women's Intercultural Network. They're having a big celebration, a Women's Equality Day celebration, um, in San Francisco and in Los Angeles on Saturday, August 27th, from 4 to 7 p.m. Where basically all of the this big network of organizations from around uh, the state um, and it's po possibly from around the country as well are coming together uh, in San Francisco and Los Angeles on the on the, the August 27th uh, to do basically have conversations and report on uh, what they've been what they've been doing in their communities um, things that, issues they've been working on where where they've come from where they're going what their markers are because win is actually has um, a 
how was I forgot the word, um, but basically a status, uh, a participation in the United Nations, and so it's kind of this big network of of people working together, and then going to the United Nations once once a year or so to uh, to check in on uh, the status of women and and laws uh, protecting them, and they're they're doing a big push of cities for CEDAW, and CEDAW C E D A W is the um, Convention on the Elimination of Discrimination Against Women, and that's a that was a, a UN treaty created and signed in 1969, and pretty much almost every country in the world has has ratified it. With it's just a congressional. Uh, motion that needs to it needs to pass. It's not like states need to vote or anything, um, but the United States has never ratified it. And shameful. And it's a it's a it's. Well, uh, but well, I mean that's another thing is for countries who have signed it but aren't necessarily implementing uh, the the necessary changes. But um, yeah, the United States is one of a, a small handful of countries who did not sign the International Treaty of CEDAW um, amongst, you know, in, in, in our great company or like, um, like Somalia, uh, <laughs> uh, I think like Angola. There's like a very small, there were a couple of like, uh, you know, former Soviet countries who didn't sign it cause for anyhow. But, but, the, but the new, the new um, movement surrounding it is cities for CEDAW and so um, getting cities to to support it either with an ordinance or a resolution so they've actually just in the past year or so have gotten a number of cities across the United States to sign on to it um, you know many in California Hawaii Florida Ohio Minnesota Oregon Kentucky Minnesota, uh, Missouri Utah uh, DC Massachusetts, Colorado, Virginia, Alaska, New York, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, South Dakota, and Washington and Michigan. So there's, those aren't the states who have signed on, but there are cities in all of those states who have who have um, decided to support CEDAW. Um, so that's part of what's going to be happening on Women's Equality Day. And so again, that's going to be on August 27th from 4 to 7 p.m. In San Francisco, it's going to be at the African American Art and Culture Complex. That's at 762 Fulton Street. Um, and then uh, the one in Los Angeles is at the LA 84 Foundation on Adam, West Adams Boulevard in, in Los Angeles. So a lot of speakers, conversations, celebrations, um, updates on what people have been and organizations have been working on, um, working towards women's rights uh, and uh, children's rights. So if you want to get more information about that, or if you want to get tickets to the event, um, if you go to WIN's website, remember that's the Women's Intercultural Network, if you go to WINAction, Dot org, and you'll see in the events, and then you can uh, reserve tickets through there. Um, so, if you want to know more about more about that, more about CEDAW um, and the Suskal Intertribal Council, uh, listen to Women's Magazine from today, July 29th, just right before this common thread. But I, I don't know. I think we're pretty much finished. We're going to be wrapping up a little early today. Oh. Uh, Oh, <laughs> Tyler wants to. You want to wrap it up, yeah, Tyler? Why not? Wrap it up. Put a nice big. Yeah, of course. I had like two very short songs I wanted to share. Go for it. Do you want to do it in here? All right. Good stuff. Okay. There you go. Oh. 
Okay, sorry, it's a Miles Davis playing in the background there. Uh, yeah, get your phone set up. Let you plug it in. And are you going to sit there? Are you going <laughs> to... All right, live radio folks. Oh, another thing while we get set up, there's going to be a big event here at Mutiny Radio on August 20th. Um, the pop, uh, the noise pop block party, which is on 20th Street, um, it's just a block away from here. Uh, for the, uh, I think it's like the fourth year in a row they've included Mutiny Radio on the on their map. So all day on August 20th, you are invited to come down and join us here at 21st in Florida. It's going to be a day of, of live music, comedy, probably some poetry, uh, and so much more, some art in studio here at Mutiny Radio. We're going to be going from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. The block party is only like, you know, ha- like a middle portion of that time, but um, all day long there's going to be events. We are going to have an open mic um, from 6 to 8. Uh, it's it's going to be actually a curated open mic. Um, and uh, yeah, we hope you can come down. It's going to be an exciting day. So Tyler, you set up? Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Do your thing. Uh, turn my headphones. I, you know, those I think they just might not work very well. Do you have I got, got some? All right, good. I like to call this roll your own radio. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly. I see a bunch of the comics have shown up for the happy hour that's coming up next, starting at 6 o'clock. Um, you know, I'm usually here, like, saving the file from the show, and it's kind of fun to, to sit in and hear what people are doing up there. Um, lots of cool things happening at Mutiny Radio. So I hope you, when you're going to the website, mutinyradio.fm, and uh, checking out our show and downloading Women's Magazine and Common Thread Collective, jump around. Check out some of the other stuff going on. There's so much. Okay. All right. Hey, what's good, y'all? I'm, I'm Tip Vicious when I'm rapping, and I'm going to rap. It's Uh-oh. Yeah, why well, I'm lust for lies Despite the fact I've had them like a thousand times And forget the fact she gave me like a thousand lies Blame the astronomical ties Call support, cause my shit's fucked up So I'm grabbing all the booty, such a lovable slut Sitting solos at the shows, yo Cause I'm hoping if I go that one night I'll be approached by the girl I'm meant to know Oh, but she'll probably have to go home And we'll both have a dead phone Catch you next lifetime, but I'm dead wrong. Is this a love or a lust song? Whoa, is this one a love or a lust song? Yeah, what if this is a love and a lust song? Go and get your love and your lust on. Find that one that you'd love to call home. Whoa. La 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 love song. La 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 love song. Love song. Yeah. This is a love and a lust song. And then it fades out like that. <laughs> yeah. Right on, Tyler. Tip vicious here in house. Common Thread Collective. Do I, do I have time for like? Yay! Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. We do have a time for one more. Okay. All right. This one. This one's a uh, kind of interesting. Uh, there's parts that are in Romanian. So. Yeah. It's good. I tell a buna de miniata God, she hates it when I'm higher than a rasta Cherry pick me out the fleet Of these niggas trying to beat That man that she's taking to la casa Grab a coat, baby girl Because this life is cold Only known you for a month But we still growing old Yeah, and I feel it in my soul Look, my lady in a rock And her heart hit the flow So, te upe she So me So me So me yo Te upe she So me So me Brushing up on your language and you're struggling with mine When I look you in the eyes, girl, I shed a couple tears because you're so damn fine So damn mine, it hurts so damn bad that we are running out of time But in our mind, know the summer never ends I'm not sure about the future, but I guess it all depends Are we living for the moment? Are we in it for the long haul? If you're coming to your senses, fuck it, girl, I'll fall Cause I don't know about you, but Te ubashi, so me short, so me short, so me short Te ubashi, so me short Some is short, some is short. Yeah. I love you and good night. Alright, thank you. So cool. So wait, so some of that was in Romanian, you said. Right. What did, what were some of the what, could you so, deep a little translation about what some of that was? I tell her buna de minyatza. That means I tell her good morning. <laughs> buna de minyatza. Correct. Oh, that's correct. a fun that way to actually, say good morning. That was a very good pronunciation. Uh, did you choose Miles Davis? Huh? The music in the background when you rap. Did you choose Miles Davis or you? <laughs> Actually, that's just a, a beat that a, a guy a, a guy I know from the internet so you, he sent it. So you Miles. No, no, no. Or I had I, originally Miles was playing on here when I handed him the chord, but oh. that wasn't Miles. He was <laughs> rapping over. Oh, yeah, yeah, something Miles different. And he <laughs> no, we didn't. We weren't mixing that one today. That'd be a pretty good sample, though. <laughs> a million times, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Buna de Minyatza. That's a good morning. And then, uh, Sumashore means uh, sleep well or nice. Good night. Sumashore. Teubesk. Uh, I love you. Very cool, Tyler. You're so multi-talented. I'm glad you're hanging out, and uh, I know you're hardworking. Uh, dude, so we'll hope you uh, can make it over to the show next Friday and uh, subsequent uh, Fridays when you can. When you can, it's a thing. It's a thing. That's a whole nother segment. We that's can do all that right. Next week, you'll be you'll be fine. <laughs> it's all gonna work out. And just say uh, everybody out there, just remember everything's gonna be okay. Remember what Ubi Doobie tells us. Um, everything's gonna be all right. So just keep shining your light and. Um, you know, dark rooms needed especially. So uh, shine as bright as you can, folks. Um, we love you here on the Common Thread Collective and uh, so glad you're out there joining us. So we'll see you here back, same time, same place, next week, mutinyradio.fm, San Francisco, and uh, 21st in Florida, Mission District, y'all, San Francisco. Peace.
Hotfm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat. <laughs> Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's Underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere, like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse, or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. Want to go to Burning Man, but you don't have the right goggles, costume, or attitude? Visit 20 Mission Hive at 2415 Mission Street between 20th and 21st in the heart of the Mission District. Easily accessible by BART, this collective of unique artists and vendors has eclectic handmade clothing, leatherwork, artisan jewelry, antiques, crystals, and there's even an amazing florist. Whisper pirate ship to your 20 Mission Hive vendor for a special 10% discount on the coolest, most original items in San Francisco. That's 20 Mission Hive with eight vendors and like them on Facebook at 20 Mission Hive. 20 Mission Hive for awesome events and updates. The dictionary definition of the adjective eclectic is selecting or choosing from various sources. When Bay Area musician J.D. Buell brings you Morning Train Wednesday, 10 a.m. to noon on Mutiny Radio, that is exactly what he does. Select music from various sources to give you a unique listening experience. Rock, pop, jazz, bluegrass, gospel, funk, reggae, folk, blues, country and western, electronica, soul, disco, rhythm and blues, punk and post-punk come together with music from around the world with Buell's passionate and down-to-earth delivery. In an age of personal music delivery systems, J.D. Buell carries on the values of progressive FM radio when a listener could actually have a relationship with a programmer, someone who would create an eclectic musical environment wherein both listener and host 
find fulfillment. The Morning Train with J.D. Buell, Wednesday, 10 to noon on mutinyradio.fm. Freeform Radio for free minds. and underground space for an event? Look no further than mutinyradio.fm. Our 30-seat flexible space can accommodate your acoustic band, birthday party, comedy show, dance party, karaoke super fun, theater event, fundraiser. If you think it, we can do it. You run the door in promotion, we run the sound, space, and podcast. Rentals available Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10 at Mutiny Radio FM's performance space at 2781 21st Street in the Deep Mission at 21st in Florida. Contact Pam at pamsadai at hotmail.com for more options and booking dates. Incredible socialist prices so you can be creative in a free speech space without breaking the bank. That's Mutiny Radio Rentals every Thursday, Saturday, and Sunday from 8 to 10. Book your event now. Well, hey there, San Francisco. If you're looking for some delicious late-night food, I suggest you mosey on down to Bender's Bar. Inside, you can find counter-offer, and my offering you amazing late-night food and snacks. Try the chicken biscuit. It's like your stomach's in a tasty tornado. They have exceptionally great daily ground sustainable burgers with sides of tater tots, grilled asparagus, and delicious zucchini. And creamy-licious mac and cheese. You like tacos? They got them. And from the specials, very deep fried fish sandwich to a stoner burger with a donut bun. What are those crazy potheads going to come up with next? Go to the counter offer inside of Brenda's Bar at 800 South Van Ness Avenue, San Francisco. It's located between 19th Street and 20th Street in the Mission District. Open seven nights a week from 5 to 10 p.m. or later. Counter offer, son. and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Oh, happy hour. What could be happier than 23 comics doing jokes for each other and at a radio listening audience? Puppets. 
kittens, unicorns, porn maybe? Oh, well, stage time makes them happy, and this super happy comedy open mic is open every Friday from 6 to 8 p.m., but you can also listen anytime by downloading the podcast at Mutiny Radio FM Index at podcasts.pcrcollective.org. So come live or listen later or to every happy hour mic Friday from 6 to 8 p.m. at Radio FL Mutiny Radio. I just fucked that up again. What the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah! I got it. 